Next on BYU Sports Nation, the quarterbacks behind Tanner Mangum. How much do you know about the BYU backups? Speaking of quarterbacks, former BYU QBs, John Beck and Blaine Fowler join us live. What would a win over Cincinnati mean for the Cougars' season? Plus, Jimmer Fredette hits the floor for the San Antonio Spurs. What did he pull off last night? And it's game day for 13th-ranked volleyball. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. How's it? BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 15th, wherever and however you're dialed in, Glad to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a judge of unwritten rules of sports, Jerem Jordan. I still want to write the unwritten rules of XYZ, right? Like the how-to dummies or or whatever for dummies. Automatically a bestseller. Yeah. Someone's going to take my idea because I just told it uh, to a national television radio audience. Because I don't actually care that much about it. Here's the thing with uh, Jose Bautista's bat flip. Oh, last the night. epic bat flip from the Toronto Blue Jays star. There, there, there's the old guard that's saying, it's not how you play the game. Why? Who says how you play the game? What is this, 1940? He got excited. He flipped the bat. Guess what? There have been bat flips in the postseason that have been tolerated. Why is it all of a sudden tolerated? Because it doesn't matter. You get excited. You flip the bat. Whatever. What, why is baseball? Baseball is such an... It's kind of, I love. I still love baseball, but there's some things about it that just bug the heck out of me. It's like, the pure sport, Jeremy. You can't bat flip. Why not? Why can't I bat flip? Go ahead, bean me. I don't care. Whatever. Yep. Why? Why would? Why would you bean someone? In football, I would love for that. Just these other sports. You can dunk it in basketball and beat your chest, and it's okay. That's well, the you can flip. run over somebody in football and stare them down. Well, Nobody fo- says anything football, about it. Football is America's love because it's violent, and America loves violence. Okay, but basketball is not a violent sport. And like you said, you can dunk on somebody and, and bat your chest and pull a gorilla move, whatever. <laughs> does anybody care? No? I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why everyone's getting so riled so up why, over the bat Yeah, flip. why does Jose... Bat Flipsta, or whatever they're calling him, <laughs> Batista, go through so much scrutiny for doing something like that. Yeah. In the Rangers locker room, they're like, man, that's Bush League. Guys, guys doing that in, in wiffle ball leagues. That's in little leagues. And you can't do that. Why? Why not? Uh, uh, but did you see, did you see uh, mini ba- Jose Batista, the kid with, he wore a yes. little beard and then he swung at the same time? In the, there's a vine of, you see him and then you see the ball coming to the outfield. He's like, wow. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I I would be in that kid if I was in little league though. <laughs> no, here are today's actually. <laughs> I'm a, I want to bring a baseball, and if I disagree with something you say, I'm just going to bean you. Fortunately, that's how for silly us, that logic is. There are very few unwritten rules in football. It's not the way you host the show, Spencer. Tomorrow is game day for BYU against Cincinnati. Another Friday game day on ESPN. Yeah, and that brings us to an early. Twitter question today. Be, what would BYU beating Cincinnati mean? It would mean what for the Cougar season? BYU beating Cincinnati means what for the Cougar season? Fill you, in the blank. Use the hashtag BYUSN. While you think about that, here are today's BYUSN headlines. USA Today has an updated bowl projection. They have the BYU Cougars playing Houston, currently a ranked team, in the Hawaii Bowl on New Year's Eve. Excuse and, me, on Christmas Eve. And this just out moments ago, the men's basketball coaches poll from the USA Today as well is out. BYU receives no votes. 
How about that? Gonzaga ranked 11th in the preseason poll. Also, Jimmer Fredette played 15 minutes in the Spurs' 14-point loss to the Hawks. Thank you for that. He scored four points and grabbed three rebounds. 13th-ranked BYU women's volleyball hosting Gonzaga tonight, 9 Eastern. You can watch it live on BYU TV and or listen to it on BYU Radio. I'll be on the call with Amy Gant. That's right, baby. Amy Gant is back, too. Amy Gant. Awesome. And Kelly Hatanaka and Rainer Nung? It's Rainer Ung. Ung. Yep. Rainer Ung. His last name is NG. We... Yeah, we were working all morning to make sure we got that right, and I, mm. I did not get it right. Are the MPSF <laughs> Athletes of the Week from the BYU Swim and Dive teams? Congratulations. What up, Rainer? Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Meet that quarterback. Yeah, he practiced today. Took quite a few reps for us. Um, obviously, we're being real careful uh, early in the week, but just not moving him around. Um, but he'll be he'll be fine come Friday night. BYU quarterbacks coach Jason Beck confirmed with us on Tuesday's BYUSN that Tanner Mangum is expected to play on Friday night. We all know he's the guy. He's the guy, a quarterback for BYU. But in the second half of last week's game, a reality played out that many of us hoped would not happen this season. Tanner had to leave the game with a hamstring injury. In comes another true freshman right out of high school, Bo Hodge. So what if, what if Tanner can't play the whole game against Cincinnati on Friday night? I like Cincinnati. Cincinnati? Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) What if? Who are the guys behind Tanner Mangum? With that, let's play Meet That Quarterback! Who do we have for contestant number one? This quarterback led Highlands High School to a Class 4A Kentucky State Championship. The son of former NFL running back Merrill Hodge stands at 6'1", 198 pounds, a freshman out of Fort Thomas, Kentucky. He's ready to produce another number one play on Center. Meet Bo Hodge. Bo Hodge is contestant number one. He <laughs> threw five passes in that game against East Carolina. One got intercepted. One was dropped by Algie Brown. And we learned that things are going a million miles an hour for the true freshman That's from Jason fast. Beck. That's faster than the speed of light. The game just moves really fast when you get your first action. He's, he's the guy behind Tanner Mangum. He might play on Friday night at some point. Might have a few series. We don't know. It depends on how much Tanner Mangum can play. But Bo Hodge is the guy. Wait, you mean Bo Hodge? There you go. Yep. Yeah, that was Brady Peping on signing day. We've loved that. Bo Hodge is a playmaker, uh, very young, son of ESPN analyst Merrill Hodge. Merrill had recent surgery. Um, Bo, Bo, I don't think, was quite ready for that moment, obviously. I think Bo will be more ready for this moment this week. In practice, he's been pulled from splitting scout squad reps with another quarterback who we will meet in a moment. Uh, I think he's had more reps in practice, is feeling more comfortable with the offense, is a good runner, good, a really good runner, really good passer. He's... He's a uh, future-capable, really good quarterback for BYU. Is he ready for Cincinnati this week? Certainly not. But will he be ready enough to put BYU in position to potentially stay in the game if Tanner Mangum can't go? That is the question. That's his job, right? That's his job. That's what they are asking him to do. He went to prom earlier this year. It's hard to expect a ton out of a guy straight out of high school, right? That first year. He was supposed to be the third string and just kind of see how things went this year. Instead, got in the game last week. We'll see what he can He's already taken Cincinnati. meaningful snaps in game number six of his true freshman season. And he's built more like Taysom Hill. Yes. He is a 
really good athlete. Played wide receiver up until his junior year of high school. Switched to quarterback because he was a great athlete. And they won a state championship. The guy had the number one play on SportsCenter last year for As a crazy a run. run. It was an 81-yard run. Broke like 59 tackles in that play. It was great. So his game is more of the Taysom Hill type game as a BYU quarterback. And they have the playbook for that, just different than Tanner Mangum. So Bo Hodge, excuse me. Bo Hodge. Thank you. Bo Hodge. The next guy (laughs) after Tanner Mangum. Let's meet contestant number two. This quarterback has one of the best family trees in all of BYU football. His uncle won the Heisman. His dad played the NFL for nine seasons. At 5'10", 180 pounds, this freshman from Somerset, Texas, is running the scout squad this season. Meet Coy Detmer, Jr. A Detmer is playing at BYU hey, how again. About that? How about that? He's the scout guy this week. Bo Hodge has been taking snaps with the first team, splitting some with Tanner Mangum in case he has to go. So Coy Detmer is now the guy that is charged with preparing BYU for the opponents. He is Cincinnati's quarterback this week. Which one? Both Gunnar Keel and Hayden Moore, Moore. And Gunnar Keel this week. But they're competing for a quarterback spot. We don't, BYU doesn't even know who. Cincinnati doesn't even know who their guy is yet. Maybe they know now. 5'10", 180. Not a big guy, just like his Uncle Ty. That's right. And Dad, Dad Coy was uh, bigger than him. But uh, I believe it was last summer... Uh, they brought in, you know, the, the guys that were committed or they were hoping to get some kind of commitment. Coy Detmer Jr. is a walk-on. Um, so co- I, I took a tour of some of those guys, uh, some of those guys on a tour. So Coy and Merrill Hodge and their sons were here. And now these guys are the backups and we're talking about them uh, potentially playing this week. I don't see Coy Detmer playing this week per se, but he's the third string. Could quickly become the second string uh, if things go south. And could play. So now here, we'll see. I don't, I don't envision him playing this week. I do against Wagner. Yeah, I was just going to get to that. Against Wagner, and I, this goes back to something I said on Tuesday. I, I feel like BYU is in a position where they're mentally, and again, this is pure speculation on my part. Ooh, I love pure speculation. You like that? Okay. Well, here it comes. Just that if we can get through Cincinnati... With Tanner Mangum. If Tanner can be healthy enough to survive Cincinnati. Then you have a bye week in Wagner rest. and an actual bye week <laughs> the week after that. Yes, and then Bo Hodge and Coy Detmer Jr. can play against Wagner. They can hand the ball off to that stable of big, bruising running backs against an FCS opponent. BYU can get through that week. They have no game on Halloween. And then Tanner is that much better and that much more rested for San Jose State the first weekend in November. That would be good. That would be really good. Which means the Cincinnati game has great importance in BYU's season. Our Twitter question was that. BYU beating Cincinnati means what for the Cougar season? If BYU can beat Cincinnati with their quarterbacks of Tanner Mangum, and hopefully he can go the whole game and he's good. But if not, you have these guys we're talking about. Then you, then you can go uh, win a couple in a row, be 7-2 and two going into Missouri with a chance to either be ranked then or right after that, in my opinion, after Missouri. So, the, so this game is really big. The stakes are high. Tanner Mangum's hamstrings need to be loose, man. I love the tweet that we got in from at Chess Sports where he says, five and two is much better than four and three. Isn't it funny? It's just one game different, but it feels very different. In 2013, BYU went six and two before they went into November and struggled against Notre Dame and Wisconsin. That would not be the case uh, this, this November, although you do have Missouri and Utah State. Utah State playing Boise State tomorrow night, by the way. Is it tomorrow night? It's tomorrow night. I think Utah State's the toughest game left on BYU's schedule. Wow. We'll I heard get, you say that yesterday. We'll get into that later, perhaps. 
So if Ta- you know the quarterbacks, Taysom Hill out for the season, Tanner Mangum banged up. You just met Bo Hodge and Quay Detmer. Who, who else? else? Who else is there? Contestant number three. This guy is the other Hill at quarterback for BYU. He's the tallest quarterback on the team at a whopping six foot six, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. After going two for two for twenty-seven yards against Savannah State last season, it's time to meet the former five A first team All State selection from Sandy, Utah. Meet McCoy Hill. McCoy Hill. How many of you forgot about this guy? He now, played last year. Now, he's been on the team and is the most experienced quarterback coming back, yet he's unofficially the fourth string. Um, be good in practice, uh, but hasn't performed quite the same way when they need him, so he's not on the depth chart. He's not listed. He's not uh, had a helmet uh, in hand in meaningful moments. Even last week, he's the guy that uh, calls in the signals and helps that way, so he has a role on this team, but I don't see McCoy Hill playing a role in the Cincinnati game, but maybe Wagner. McCoy Hill threw two passes last year against Savannah State, 27 yards. Hey, two for two for 27 yards, man. It is what it is. Two of the how many passes that BYU's backups have thrown? Now listen to this weirdness. If McCoy Hill had not injured his foot in spring, he might be the number two right now. Because he injures his foot, Christian Stewart comes in and has to play in the spring. And then McCoy is set back, and he's, he's, he's irrelevant this fall. If McCoy Hill didn't hurt his foot in spring, he might be the number three, which is the number two now. Your three backup quarterbacks to Tanner Mangum, Bo Hodge, Coy Detmer Jr., and McCoy Hill. Coy uh, Detmer Jr. has game face, by the way. Of course it, he does. His headshot is, he's in the zone, man. <laughs> Serious. Let's go. They haven't seen a lot of time, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's backup quarterbacks have seven combined career pass attempts. Five from Bo Hodge, two from McCoy Hill. That's not a lot, but then again, your ideal situation is to play your starter, and then they have zero behind you, and they just hand the ball off because you're up 20 in the fourth or 17 in the fourth last week. That quickly evaporated. How much will Tanner Mangum play? The entire game? BYU Sports Nation hoping so. Oh, that's the hope, man. Brian Logan's going to be fasting, apparently. But what can Bo Hodge do in the backup role? Let's hope we don't see quite Ever Jr. at any point on Friday night. And that's a nice thing. That we're trying we're that's not a mean thing. No, no. Coy, we love you. We don't want to see you play Friday. BYU beating Cincinnati <laughs> means what for the Cougar season? At Jones AP5 says simple as a move to 5 and 2 on our way to a magical season. Magical? Ooh. One small step for BYU, one large step to 10 and 2. Wow. We'll be back next with John Beck. What does he think about the quarterback situation? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tomorrow, we are live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium with BYU Sports Nation, as well as countdown to kickoff at 7 Eastern time. A little earlier than normal, 5 Mountain time. So check it out. Countdown to kickoff. We'll show you the warm-ups. We'll tell you all the storylines you need to know. Get you ready with David Nixon, Brian Logan, Spencer Linton, Lauren Frankham, Dave McCann, and Blaine Fowler. We'll be out of Lavelle Edwards Stadium before midnight. That's, that's a, a win. Won- that's a wonderful thing. That's a win know? for us. What that means is that I can go home and watch Michigan-Michigan uh, State. It also means I can hike the Y with my Weebelows. The next morning. For the Weebelows walkabout on Saturday morning. Look at you putting in so the plug. We'll see you up at the Y.
Hey, for the web. If my weeblos are watching, don't for, don't forget to bring your lunch and your first aid kits. <laughs> Be prepared. That's Boy Scouts. Our Twitter question today: BYU beating Cincinnati means what for the Cougars' season? At Laser Sheep says beating Cincy would mean our defense is effective when it is executed correctly. Force turnovers on long drives, and Cincinnati has a tendency to turn the ball over more per game than any other team in the country. That's good stat of the day. Last. Joining BYU Sports Nation right now, a man who didn't turn the ball over very much at all, especially as a senior quarterback at BYU, John Beck on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. John, good to have you back, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? At JBeck12 on the Twitter machine. Somebody's on Twitter. Hey, one week into your new Twitter live, how's your progression in the Twitter game? It's a slow one. (laughs) It's taken me a long time to figure this thing out, but it's all through you guys. I never would have jumped on it if you didn't challenge you to it last week so now i'm just still trying to figure it all out what's been harder learning how to play quarterback say at byu or twitter right now <laughs> uh, equally the same <laughs> i want to compliment you on a tweet that you sent out you went to the san diego chargers steelers game on monday night and you, you sent out a picture with steve young and that got some serious love on twitter you're you're getting it that was a touchdown pass man <laughs> i'm trying to try to put out some good stuff you know it was pretty Pretty cool to take my son there, Steve, and my agent were down on the field and, you know, let us get down on the field. And, you know, it, it was cool. And I thought, you know what, I just want to be able to share that because I know a lot of BYU fans love Steve, follow Steve, and know what type of a great guy he is. And I was kind of putting it on there to show just how awesome Steve is to somebody like me as well. Let's talk about uh, BYU's game this week against Cincinnati. Um, you know, what, what do you think of this matchup, first of all, between the Bearcats and Cougars? Okay, so I've seen a little bit of Cincinnati. I actually watched a little bit of their game against Miami um, a few weeks ago. Uh, just because I knew that BYU faced them during the season, I have to say when I watched the game, I didn't know that it was only a couple weeks away. Um, but, you know, there's some things that are impressive about them. I, I, I think team speed-wise, they have a lot of team speed. There were a few times that their quarterback made some impressive throws, and just like you said, there was a few times where they actually got lucky with some throws. There was a throw in the end zone one time that uh, – I mean, it could have been an interception and it ended up being a touchdown. And I understand in football sometimes that happens because you're throwing it to a guy like how sometimes we use Mitch Matthews. We didn't make the throw to Mitch. That it could go either way, but we make the throw because, they, because it is Mitch. But there were some very risky throws made, and uh, I think that because of that, BYU has a great opportunity to get some turnovers, just like you guys said. John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation, the former BYU quarterback looking ahead to BYU in Cincinnati on Friday night. Tanner Mangum dealing with a hamstring situation. You played with a high ankle sprain in 2006. And I, I know they're different injuries, but kind of, kind of similar in that you're hobbled in the pocket. So what can BYU do to maximize Tanner Mangum despite the injury on Friday? Well, I think Tanner does such a great job with his feet and throwing from the pocket. I actually just rewatched the game, and uh, I'm so impressed with the way that he is throwing the ball from the pocket. Um, so, you know, the hamstring injury, uh, I know what that feels like. I actually pulled my hammy a couple days before I did a workout for the St. Louis Rams coming out um, of, for the draft. And, I mean, it will make it a little bit different in some aspects, but because he has such a strong arm, he's still going to be able to make a lot of the throws. Where it could, where it could hurt them is these last couple games, you've seen them utilize Channer out on the edge. And also, Tanner does a great job improvising once the pocket does break down. So that's where he will be limited. Um, and that's where you hope that in the heat of a game, he doesn't take off and re-injure it or make it worse. So 
that's kind of a delicate balance that they have to deal with. How much are they going to be able to actually get out of Tanner out on the edge? Because I do think that since the Michigan game, that has helped the offense quite a bit, is moving the pocket and moving Tanner within the pocket. So that's going to be something that it could change uh, kind of their game plan. But at the same time, if we can just protect him inside the pocket, he does such an amazing job as a freshman from throwing within the pocket. So I think if we can shore up the pass rush and do well, we should be okay. Did the Miami Dolphins know you had a pulled hamstring? You know, it was – I'm trying to think. You know, I just can remember I did the workout actually at Arizona State University, and I used my friend who was their tight end to catch balls for me. I don't remember where that fell in relation to my workouts for other teams. I just remember I had been doing some training because I was a little disappointed in my combine 40, and I thought, well, if I can do it at my pro day and get a better time, and then I pulled it, and I had this Rams workout a couple days later thinking, oh, man, like, what should I do? Should I call them and tell them I can't do it? But I felt like, all right, I'm just going to wrap it up and give it a try. So they're going to do some things. They're going to wrap it up. They're going to limit him. But it's really that arm strength that's the saving grace because the ability to stand in there, not need to, like, fully step up into your throws, but just kind of be able to flick it from hash to far sideline, that helps. And Tanner has that ability. We've seen that already. So, you know, if they can just put him in the position where he can stay in the pocket, he'll be, I think he'll be fine. Follow him on Twitter along with his almost 1,500 followers now. Wow, in one week, at jbeck12. You've played with an injury. Tanner now playing with injury. Walk us inside what that's like inside the mind of a quarterback, knowing that I'm not 100%, but I still want to go out there and play. What, what is the quarterback thinking during that? Okay, so there's a little bit of a fun part to that because you've seen other people do it, and now it's your opportunity. And I know that sounds goofy. Maybe fun's not the right word, but I would just say, as, as a quarterback, your thought process is, as long as I can be out on the field, I want to be out on the field. The most difficult injuries for a quarterback to deal with are the ones that happen to your throwing arm. Um, you know, for me, I separated my shoulder my sophomore year in the first game, and it makes it difficult to even practice just basic throws because you can barely even throw the ball. So the throwing arm injuries are the worst. Aside from that, outside of that, I think every quarterback, there's something in you where, okay, this is a challenge and I'm going to step up to the challenge. Does it make it more difficult? Definitely. Like my senior year, I was definitely limited the first half of the season because I just could hardly push off with my back foot. I couldn't move sometimes. It makes it tough, but at the same time, I don't know what it is, but inside of you, when you know that you're having to overcome something to get out on the field and you want us to go out there and play your best, there's something inside of you that likes the challenge of it. And, you know, there are times, though, when you may not make a play and you're saying, crap, I know that I could have made that if I wasn't injured. And those frustrations will be there as well, and I'm sure that he may have a couple throws or he may have a feeling where he wants to get out of the pocket, but he knows he can't, and they may not get a first down as a result, and then he'll go to the sideline and he'll know inside. If only I would be healthy, I know I could have made that play. That's a little bit of the hard thing you have to deal with. But at the same time, I think all of us that grow up watching quarterbacks, we've all seen the games, right? I was at the game in the holiday bowl for Texas A&M when I knew that Ty Detmer came off the field because he separated his left shoulder, and I knew he came back on the field with a separated left shoulder. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I remember thinking, if I ever get a chance to play injured, I'm going to make sure I do it because that's what Ty Detmer does. And I'm sure Tanner had those same experiences where you've seen somebody play with an injury. Now it's your turn, and you're going to go out there, and you're going to accept the challenge and do the very best you can. As Joe Beck, uh, Ja Beck is the quarterback coach, are you texting him at all 
uh, to give any pointers, or is it uh, no comms during the season? Yeah, no, I, I, I really don't at all uh, text Jason much during the season. I, I thought when BYU hired Jason, I knew it was going to be a really good hire. Jason was a guy, when, like when I was there with him, like I used Jason a lot because uh, I didn't come from a background of a passing system in high school or anything like that. So everything was brand new to me when I got to BYU. In my sophomore year, Jason and I competed to be the starter. But once I became the starter, Jason was very good about kind of saying, okay, I understand you're the starter. I'm not going to sit there and, like, hold a grudge or I'm not going to not talk to you. And he came from a very West Coast passing junior college. And I tried to utilize that, saying, well, just say you can help me in any way, I want to do it. And we were like that all through the season. Um, if anybody noticed, during my senior, senior year especially, during like TV timeouts or when I came to sideline, I would always bounce things off him. And I knew his journey, Jason, and I kept in touch when he went to LSU, when he went to Weber State. And I knew this was going to be a really good hire, also because of his personality. So I kind of just said, hey, I know Jason's good. He doesn't need any of my stuff. Um, and I'm sure I read something where Tanner said how grateful he was to have Jason as a QB coach during the last couple of games. And I think it's because of all the things that Jason brings to the table. He has a very calm demeanor. And as a QB, those are the type of people you want to be around. Some of the hardest situations I was in as a pro were when my QB coach didn't have that demeanor, when my QB coach had a little bit of a more panicky anxiety. It, 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 it's hard when that person that does with you on a daily basis is like that. And that's, that's opposite from Jason's personality so I stay away from him I just let him do his thing yeah he's probably the most even keel personality I have ever met in all of my interactions in life and that's perfect to be a quarterback's coach John let's finish with this how many points will BYU have to score to beat Cincinnati and their fifth ranked offense in the country okay well I would say that's going to be definitive on obviously what the like, turnovers Turnovers can kill a team. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the Broncos being the 24 points holds up. It may not, but all depends on what the defense can do. And, you know, to beat a team, if they get hot, if Cincinnati gets hot and they're not turning the ball over, this may be a shootout. This may be a 40 plus point game on both sides of the ball. But at the same time, I've seen many games where these high powered offenses, if they turn the ball over three times, they may score less than 20 points, and we may only need to score like Broncos thing over 24 points. So, you know, uh, if we create turnover, 24 could hold up. If not, we're going to need to score probably more than that. John, great to talk to you as always. Good luck uh, on your Twitter progress, and uh, if you do anything like you did last week, you're headed to the beach. So have fun at the beach in San Diego. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you. John Beck with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He's bringing it. I really like what John's uh, saying, which is the, the strength for Tanner Mangum is his arm strength. So he doesn't need to have necessarily the hammy 100% to be able to still make some of those throws, and that's the good news. And that's what like I was allu- alluding to when I said you had a similar injury and that John couldn't push off of his back foot either. It's, it's all arm strength at that point. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, another former BYU quarterback joins the conversation. Blaine Fowler back with us. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. 
Tonight, women's volleyball is back on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time. The Cougars take on Gonzaga at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Spencer Linton and Amy Gant on the call, and I believe the debut of one Jason Shepard. That is correct. Uh, who's going to sideline tonight. So Joining welcome to the Jason. BYU TV sports crew, yeah. Jason Shepard in the house on the sidelines for tonight's volleyball broadcast. Amy Gant is fantastic. If you haven't heard her call a volleyball match, I mean, she's played at the highest of high levels with the international team. She's an All-American at BYU, two-time All-American, fantastic Those two, and then there's you. Yeah. Fantastic as well. First team (laughs) All-American in our hearts. Uh, Yeah, good save right there. (laughs) And then there's you. Oh, but you're great, Spencer. Hey, for what you do, you're tremendous. Thank you for qualifying that compliment. (laughs) Qualified compliments stink. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. USA Today chiming in on the updated bowl game projections. Can't wait for this. They have BYU, the Cougars, playing the other Cougars from Houston in the Hawaii Bowl. Now, Houston is a ranked team right now at 5-0 and in the AP Top 25. That would, that would be an interesting matchup. We have a ways to go. Jimmy Fredette played 15 minutes in the Spurs' 14-point loss to the Hawks. An exhibition play, scored four points and grabbed three rebounds. Also... About 20 minutes ago, the USA Today coaches poll came out in men's basketball. BYU did not receive any votes. Cougars could play number 8 Oklahoma in the third game in Hawaii and will play number 11 Gonzaga at least twice. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. And at number 16, Utah. They're going to play Gonzaga three times. Okay. That's going to happen. 13th ranked BYU women's volleyball hosting Gonzaga tonight, as we just mentioned, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio, trying to stay unbeaten at home. And Kelly Hatanaka and Rainer Ung are the MPSF athletes of the week from the BYU swim and dive teams. Thanks for the assist. Thanks for laying out right there. Rainer Ung. boy, Rainer. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, our second guest of the day is Blaine Fowler, national champion quarterback at BYU and college football insider. Blaine, welcome back to the show. Guys, good to be back. Did you have John Beck on already? We already had had John on, yeah. What what just happened there? Did you take a huge breath? What was that? I I was just like, you had John Beck, and that just takes my breath away. I don't know (laughs) if I can follow. I don't know if I can follow him. That's a little crazy. Well, you backed up Robbie Bosco, so I think you can figure it out, right? Yeah, no, John is one of my favorites. He is such a good guy. And uh, he and I got to stand next to each other on the sideline at Michigan and commiserate a little bit about how poorly BYU was playing in that one. <laughs> that was an incredible experience, I imagine. Well, yes. And again, you know, it hurts less because Michigan is playing unbelievable defense, but that's a conversation for another day. Right now it's about Cincinnati and what this game and potentially a win over Cincinnati would mean for BYU season. So when you when you look at that, Blaine, BYU beating Cincinnati means what? Well, I think it, it keeps BYU at least in the national conversation. Now they're not they're not as big a part of the conversation as they were when people were talking. Hey, are they going to be the New Year's Six Busters? But uh, but I think people are because Michigan has been so good because UCLA is still ranked. We'll see how they do tonight against uh, um, Stanford. But because those teams are still legitimate contenders, BYU is still in the conversation. And I think to stay in that conversation, they need to beat Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is a respected program. And I know that, that out here people aren't familiar with that as they are with the Boise State and some of these. But this is, this is a program that in the last 12 years has won five conference titles and been to two BCS games. So back east there's a lot of voters. They know Cincinnati. They know they're a quality program. Uh, and, and so it means something for BYU, and they stay in the national conversation. 
When you look at the matchup, it's interesting because uh, Cincinnati's offense, obviously one of the most elite in the country so far, fifth in total offense, fifth in passing offense, 32nd rushing offense. And that's the one that gets me because they're not just a pass-heavy uh, dominating team like uh, East Carolina. BYU has to defend the run effectively, don't they, tomorrow? Yeah, and it's interesting because this is a team that sets up the run with a pass game. And so, and they're very balanced in the run game. Green and Williams both are very efficient running backs. They both average over five yards a carry. And they do that because they get you thinking pass so much, and they get you on their heels that they run draws and they, and they run the read and they do those things where you're not aggressively playing the run. And, they, and sometimes they get some big plays in the run game, and that contributes to big averages for those guys. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, breaking down BYU-Cincinnati on Friday night. You can watch it live on ESPN at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Blaine, what do you expect from Tanner Mangum realistically tomorrow, trying to hold off that hamstring situation? Well, I expect him to not be running around at all, and that's okay because that's not where he's at his best anyhow. He's such a different quarterback than Taysom Hill. When he's at his best, He's back in the pocket. He's setting his feet. He's throwing the football on time. And when he's doing that, he looks like an NFL quarterback. He's got that arm strength and the mechanics that just are so pretty to watch. As a, as a former quarterback, I watch it and go, wow, this guy's got unbelievable potential. And I know early on he, he was making some plays by escaping the pocket and getting out of there. Well, we don't need him to do that right now. What, what he needs to do, stand in the pocket, get rid of the football quickly, and if, and if he feels like he's going to get flushed out, move a little bit with his feet, but – I think they should ban him from running this week. They should just say, hey, take a sack or throw the football away because we saw what the drop-off was when he came out last week. He needs to be in the game to start, and he needs to be in the game to finish unless BYU's blowing somebody out. We just had a beep, by the way, Blaine. You had a beep, Dang it. You had a beepless we were, interview last week. We were perfect last week, but, hey, that's okay. A beep's like an interception. You can tolerate some of them if you have touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? It, well, here's the thing. I, as long as our ratio is – Three good things to one bad thing, then I'm okay with that. Three so, to one is a is a prop yeah. for somebody as veteran as the three of us. We're not like freshmen. We you know if it was one to one, maybe maybe two to one with a freshman, but for us it has to be three to one. I look at Cincinnati and there's a couple interesting things there. One is that they only have six sacks defensively, only six sacks all year. They've only given up six sacks on offense, and that they turn the ball over a lot. So so where can BYU take advantage of maybe Cincinnati's weakness or BYU's strengths over them? They've played two quarterbacks because Gunnar Keel has had some problems with injury and Hayden Moore has gotten experience. And now they've got two accomplished quarterbacks. But both of these guys are really aggressive. So if they get pressure in their face or if they're running around, they don't just ground the ball or or take a sack. They throw it up there. So for BYU, I think if they can pressure these guys, regardless of who's in there, and get them to throw off balance and to force some things in there, well, that's been a, a formula for other teams that Cincinnati's played this year to get picks. And even BYU, BYU against BYU. UCLA, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was a formula. Think about now, now these guys. Hayden Moore is a young guy, and so he's more like what you'd see from UCLA. Uh, Gunnar Keel's a little bit more experienced, but there's no quarterback that doesn't get flustered when he's got somebody in his face. I mean, take a look at Goff from Cal in the Utah game last week. He looked like an average quarterback against Utah, and it wasn't because the coverage was phenomenal. It was because he was getting smacked in the face. So pressure is a key. You're going to see a variety of backer blitzes and things like that. Get in the face of both Gunnar Keel and Hayden Moore. And I think if you do, you've got an opportunity to pick the football. That's, what the, that's been their, kind of their Achilles heel this year. 
The plan is for BYU to play Tanner Mangum the majority of the game. Everybody knows it. Jason Beck told us that, confirmed it on Tuesday on BYU Sports Nation. He's going to be able to play, but how much? And what if he has to come out? Then it's another Bo Hodge situation. You've played in that backup role. What is this week like for a guy like Bo Hodge? It's interesting because when I actually had an opportunity to play as a backup, I had already been in the program for you know multiple years, and so I'd thrown thousands and thousands and thousands of balls in practice, in skeleton, in team. That makes a difference in, in the confidence that you have out there, and it also makes a difference in what the coaching staff feels you can handle. So, so if I'm going in as a junior in the national championship game, I've already been there four years. They're, they're not going to change anything in the offense other than to cater it a little bit to my skill set, but they know they can run the whole offense. When you have a freshman backup, then you have to tailor down what you're doing, um, not only just to fit his skill set, but also to water it down a little bit to make it simple for, for him so he doesn't have to think about too much. The good news is this week they've, they've gone in going, okay, we've got to prepare this guy. And, and this has been an experience of what does he do best, what is he most comfortable with, so that they can call plays and call packages that he's most comfortable with if he gets in the game. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at uh, some of these matchups, too, I, I look at Tanner Mangum and that injury, and I think, okay, if Tanner Mangum is hobbled to a degree, where does BYU pick up the slack? What position group or guys, in your opinion, have to do that? Well, this is, this is not a phenomenal run defensive football team in Cincinnati. 69th in the country. I think you mentioned that, Jerem. They give up 167 yards a game. And, and BYU's not been you know, fantastic run the football. They're, their rush offense is 110th in the country. But I think they can be better than that. And so this is a chance for them maybe to establish the run a little bit and then let, let Tanner do a little bit of play action. Play action usually buys you time because it slows the pass rush down, allows him to set his feet and do some of those things that will make him more comfortable there in the pocket. Blaine, true or false, as we uh, are getting ready to say goodbye, BYU is the best team in college football, not in a Power 5 conference. Gosh, now you're giving me a hard one. <laughs> I, you get, and, the, and the only reason I say that is because Boise State looks really, really good right now. And I know that BYU's got to win their head-to-head. Um, but Boise State, uh, I think those guys are head neck, neck and neck. And I won't be able to decide on which one of those is better for another three or four games. <laughs> and there's some undefeated non-Power 5s. Houston, Memphis, Temple. You know? Yeah, BYU's two I, losses. I, I, it still comes down to BYU and Boise State. BYU, because of the schedule they've played, let's not forget that was – through five weeks, that was the number one most difficult schedule in college football. Uh, and so it's about who you win you know, win against and who you lose against. And that close win at UCLA carries a lot of weight in my mind. But so um, does the 31 nothing loss. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing. When I look at how Michigan is playing right now, I'm not sure that Michigan won't play in that Final Four. Seriously, they have a shot. They're they're really good. They're, they're that good defensively, and that team is better now when, than when they played BYU. They were better when they played BYU than when they played Utah. I wouldn't. That's a team that I don't think anybody wants to play, including Michigan State this week. So if Michigan goes out this week and thumps Michigan State, that strengthens BYU's case even more. So everybody ought to be huge Michigan fans and Jim Harbaugh fans right now. I know I am. I love the way they're playing. I've always been a Harbaugh fan anyhow. But, but now as a BYU person, now they're my favorite team. They, 
I want them to go and just blow <laughs> Michigan State out of the water, beat Ohio State, play in the national championship game, and smoke somebody. Um, that's how big of a Michigan fan I am right now. I'm not. A, I'm not a homer, am I? No, not at all. Go Big Blue. A one-beep interview for the fabulous Blaine Fowler. Always good to talk to you, Blaine. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. At McMinn 5, apparently Blaine Fowler is also doing his BYU Sports Nation phone interview next to a luge track. (laughs) (laughs) Or on the side of a highway. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know what was going on. Only one beep, though. That's pretty good. And that's pretty good to only have one beep in that situation if he's next to a luge track. That is, that is pretty good. Keep your focus. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. Up next, it's volleyball game day for the 13th-ranked Cougars. Cozy Burnett makes her show debut. Volleyball! BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. You can always watch BYU Sports Station live at noon Eastern as you're doing now. Or if you miss it, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV 6 Eastern. As you also might be doing As you also might be doing. Countdown to kickoff is live tomorrow night, 7 Eastern time. BYU in Cincinnati will get you going for that one. That game live on the mothership, ESPN. 7 Eastern time on BYT. Watch our pregame show. Making her BYU Sports Station debut is the starting opposite for BYU women's volleyball, Cozy Burnett, San Diego native. Cozy, welcome to Studio B. Thanks for having me, you guys. This is exciting. I want to know the origins of your your name, Cozy. C-O-S-Y? Yes, yes. So, full name is Cosette. Like from Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, Don't sing, Spencer. Oh, I, I would not be opposed. You can sing. You can sing. Um, <laughs> put, you're putting me on the spot here. I, I <laughs> never get nervous like really? this. Really? Okay. Well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of like what I should sing at that well, point. Pause. Les Mis. Think. Yeah. Les Mis. <laughs> Spencer, it's so you, flustered. One day more. There we go. Wow. Go. Wow, that was remarkable. That someone, was beautiful. Someone just changed the channel. Because of you. Because of you, <laughs> yeah. Jerem. Now we're well, finger I think, we got, I think we got more viewers, actually. Thank yeah. you, Cozy. So Cosette. Goodness, yes. So Cosette. And then Cosette Burnett rhymes. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. But my parents were nervous. Like, oh, she's going to get teased. Yeah. And then my grandpa just came up with Cozy B. And Cozy B. So here I am. <laughs> cozy B. Well, the pose, the hands under the chin. Have you yes. used Cozy B in a match this year? Did no, you know? I'm going to do that. Is that cool? Wait, what? I want to use Cozy B. When I call yeah. your matches, and I'm calling it tonight against Gonzaga, okay. when you get a big kill, I'll say, Cozy B delivers. I love it. I like it. I like it. DJ yeah. Cozy B. Yeah. DJ Cozy like B. That. Yeah. Know. You know, I'm all, that's what You're be all my your name. Yeah, for sure. BYU 15 and 2 right now. The two losses, one against now number one ranked USC, the other to a pretty good Santa Clara team on the road. Mm-hmm. How would you sum up the season thus far for your team? I think it's been really good. I mean, those two losses have definitely been, been huge learning experiences for us, which we need. And it's been great because every day we just get in the gym and we just have we just want to get better. And I feel like even from the first game to now, we've made you know big improvements, and it's awesome to just get in the gym and do that. So. I don't envy what you've had to do this year. So the greatest female athlete ever at BYU graduates, and then someone has to play that position, and you've had that spot. What's that been like for you to fill Jennifer Hampson's shoes, uh, not literally, in, on the women's volleyball team? Yeah, I might feel a little bit smaller than Jen's. Um, uh, 
It's been awesome. I don't know. I just have just trying to be me. And I'm a really different player than Jen. And so I'm just trying to be me. And honestly, it's been awesome. And I've just had like great support from our team. And, you know, from the seniors, just totally, you know, getting me in there kind of because it's definitely new, you know, it's a new position for me. But I've been I don't know, I've loved it. It's been good. So just trying to get better. And yeah. What kind of player are you? How would you describe your own volleyball game? Um, I'm very energetic, and uh, I would agree with that. that. I would agree <laughs> with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I have lots of energy, and I I don't know. I love the game, and I think I'm. I don't know what kind of player I am. I'm just. I'm definitely you know an offensive player, and I'm working on you know my blocking to kind of ramp that up and be more of a defensive player for our team, but. Yeah, I think just I just bring I like to think that I bring, you know, a fun energy to the You're team. You're the energy player. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. Every team needs so, one of those. Yeah, you know, so I'll just do that and <laughs> <laughs> that'll be, you know. So that that's me. Okay. But Okay, and yeah. these uh you know, in football, it's the era of the no huddle. You guys huddle every time. Right? Oh yeah. What oh, is, yeah. is it ever I, I always imagine someone just saying something weird in there just to be funny. Do, do you guys do that? Because it's like a three-second huddle. Um, let's go, let's go. Every time, that gets boring, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, if something weird happens, we'll just kind of come in and just be like, cool. Okay. Well, okay, bye. Okay, so, <laughs> bye. I don't know. But, do you ever say anything weird in that moment? Um, Like, just to mix it up? Like, if I do something, not, like, for fun. We'd have to be up by a lot if I wanted oh. to just, because we're pretty much in the zone, yeah. but... I know if like I'll do something weird or bad, I'll be like, "Sorry," or like, "My bad," or something. You know, you'll give them a look. I'll give them the look. Yeah. You know, the yeah. huddle look. Like, oh, like that, that didn't go. Well. That won't happen that, again. That will never happen again. <laughs> yes. So you know, how, how much do you yeah. notice um, what's going on off the court in the middle of May? Um, uh, like, like fans or music or whatever. Um. It's like thirty three percent. I'll notice. Is that a, is that a you know? I'll just throw out a percentage. Yeah. Um, Jerem likes that stuff. Yeah, yeah, thirty three point eight percent. You know, yeah. But I don't notice a whole lot. Like people will be like, "We were cheering so loud for you." Did you hear us? I'm like, yeah. M- Must life situation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh right. yeah. Thank you. I they, heard I, your voice it. among the fifteen hundred. Yes, <laughs> it was remarkable. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, unless people are like right there. Sometimes when we're in quiet gyms and uh, like people will be right in your face, pretty loud, then it's kind of hard to not hear them. There's so but, much uh, noise you can't hear. Yeah, there's yeah, so like, many voices so, you can't hear one. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's what's so great, hmm. you know. But yeah, I don't know. I try to just stay. Our court, but okay, yeah. Are you aware of the BYU Sports Nation karma, Cozy? I have heard of it. We are now delivering you there BYU Sports Nation karma. Okay, okay, I'm excited. I feel it. You come to the I studio, you donate some of your time, you please the fans by doing an interview, <laughs> and then we pay you back by giving you the karma. So now go and perform well. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, it's gonna be good. Thanks good, so much. Good luck tonight. It was, it was fun to meet you. So fun. Yeah. So fun. Say something weird in one of the huddles, okay? Okay, I will. And then I'll report back. <laughs> Just be like, nacho! In the middle of a huddle. And then see what happens. Oh, I like my stretchy pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now we're going. Okay, perfect. Now we're going. Okay, there we go. We'll just awesome. get some Nacho Libre quotes awesome. and, you know. Cozy Burnett, or now, as I will call her, Cozy B in Studio Cozy B. Great B. to have you with us. Thanks so much, you guys. You shall feed me!
to the center. Beat That's Gonzaga right. tonight. The Cougars also play against Portland this weekend. That was a fun interview. Mind signing that flag? I will. Thank you. We want your Herbie Hancock. Cozy B giving us her signature on the BYU Sports Nation Rise Up flag. Up next, we're going to whip it and do some other stuff too. Epic. This is BYU Sports Nation. Cozy B, man. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do right now? Let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. USA Today has an updated bowl projection. They have the Cougars playing the Cougars of Houston in the Hawaii Bowl. Jimmer. They're going to Vegas. <laughs> Jimmer for Dent played 15 minutes in the Spurs 14-point loss to the Oxy. Scored four ah. points. Grab three rebounds. Let him play, Pop. Volleyball. 13th ranked women's volleyball hosts Gonzaga tonight, 9 Eastern time on BOHV and BYU Radio. You'll watch Cozy Burnett say some random line from Nacho Libre in the huddle. Stretchy pants. Swimming and diving. Kelly Hatanaka and Rainer Ung are the MPSF athletes of the week from the BYU swim and dive teams. Tennis. The women's team still competing down in Vegas. As a part of the ITA regional competition, they continue play in the tournament through Saturday. Men's basketball. The USA Today coaches poll is out for all to see. BYU did not receive any votes. The Cougars could play number eight ranked Oklahoma in Hawaii. Most likely they get to the championship game of that tournament. And they will play number 11 Gonzaga at least twice. And number 16 Utah. Tomorrow's guests, ESPN's Adam Amin, the play-by-play on the game, as well as Cincinnati play-by-play Dan Horde. Good show lined up for you from at Lavelle stadium. Edwards Stadium. That's we will right. be live at LES, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Hard to say no to Athletes of the Week. Kelly Hatanaka and Rainer Ung representing BYU Swim and Dive. Nicely done. Nice job. Our Twitter question today a BYU win over Cincinnati would mean what for the Cougar season? Let's get some of your tweets in. It's winter time. At CPA underscore Coug means we will have dispatched two rival P5 expansion candidates in consecutive weeks in front of a national audience. No one's really talking about that. Isn't that interesting? When they beat Boise State too. The best non-P5 team. At Matarama01, our elite tweet of the day says, It would mean everything if we can make it through this game with a win. Our whole team will be able to rest in the Wagner game. In the Wagner game. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy. Take it easy. Thanks to John Beck, Blaine Fowler, and Cozy Burnett. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. Download the podcast for Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout out to Richie Webb. We're back to work from the stadium.